The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. See now, this is my kind of music. People are going to think that I'm the DJ right now. <laughs> you always know when I'm the technical producer in the booth because there ends up being a lot of country-themed music. I'm Kelsey Campbell, sitting in for Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross, who are currently in Montego Bay, Jamaica, on the afternoon news winter holiday. Devin Horn is calling the shots, and yeah, that, I didn't peg you for a country boy, but I appreciate it. Uh, it was just random, not. <laughs> Here, I thought you did it just for me. <laughs> nope, that would just. I, I. It doesn't tell me. It just says like bed. So it's a total just toss up. Like we'll wait and see what song comes up next. I have very little control over that. That was a little peek behind the curtain, uh, just so that everyone knows. When we talk about bed, there's not just beds sprawled around the control room. Music bed. I wish. Runs, yeah, we we do need a nap room. It's something that I, many many have discussed here, and in one of my previous uh, when I was in television, we did have a nap room, and that was a glorious place. Just when you had like that little headache coming on to go lay in the dark for a while, and then as soon as you close your eyes, you would start wondering what other things have happened in that room. Who else has taken advantage of that bed and suddenly my headache was gone and I was ready to get the heck out of there. I'm so, so grateful that Aiden Ingalls was able to share some time with us from Boyle Street. And again, if, if you missed the last segment, it's a powerful one. It's an ongoing conversation about how we can end homelessness. But in the meantime, until we find that grand solution, what we as fellow humans can do. And I really appreciate your feedback on the text line. Please keep it coming. Uh, this this half hour is wide open. The phone lines are open, so you can text me at 630-630 or call 496-0063. The one thing that bothers me a little bit, I'm just going to read this text to you, and I understand what you're saying. Look, you can't help or save everyone. You especially can't help those who do not want help. You cannot walk through your life thinking it's your duty to do anything for anyone. Some have chosen their path and good luck showing them any other trail. I I, under, I understand where that was coming from. Again, this is Roy Green was talking about how it just it made him sick as he passed this. There was a 30-year-old man wrapped in a thin blanket on the sidewalk in Hamilton, Ontario. It was minus 25 with the wind chill. And all Roy kept thinking is, if I don't call 911, what if he dies? Is that on me? Is that my fault? Other people should call. Maybe other people have assumed someone else will. And then ultimately, the non-emergency line... The police there said, listen, we've already touched base with him. Other people have called and he has refused service, has refused our help. Roy's point again was the hospital is two minutes away. But is the hospital the place for all of these people to go? So back to your text about not offering help. In this case, this guy thinks he's okay. Maybe he is. When it gets maybe one more time someone calls and he realizes how bad the situation is. That's what he needs. Is it a, a waste of some of our resources? Someone pointed out that some of these guys have really learned to manipulate the system. They are getting free rides to the hospital. How much would that cost any one of us to get several ambulance rides a day? And in some cases, the, the same people are going to the hospital that many times a day. They don't get them for free. 
Like, they may not have the means to pay for it, but my brother's an EMT, and so is my best friend. And they say many times when homeless people do actually, you know, get themselves out of poverty, then that bill from Alberta Health Services comes because they finally have an address and can be tracked down, and then they owe thousands sometimes, thousands and thousands of dollars for those ambulance rides. Like, it's not like these people got it easy. Like, homelessness is some way to work around the system. Like, come on. Yeah. There's... I, again, I'm understanding the concern this person may have. Are they, are they taking advantage, or is the system has the system failed them? Are the right services in place? Think about how many charities there are, organizations that are trying to help low-income families, and then the situation that you've been allowed, the family support that you may have. Or yeah, maybe you didn't have the family support and you can wear that with a badge of pride that you got yourself through school or you got yourself a good job. You paid for that first car. You paid for your own apartment. Sometimes the system straight up fails you. And whenever I talk about that, I think of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. If you've ever read those books, my goodness, did I love those books. It's one of those cases where she didn't have a family. You try to get support. The person that the care worker that took her in was abusive, sexually abusive. It shows you that when you are already in a vulnerable place, when it's, it's very easy to be taken advantage of. But again, back to the text that says you can't change people's minds. It's not your job to save the world. I think it's our job as humans to stick our hand out to another human and say, how can I help this person? And what I was, the knowledge I was hoping to gain from Aiden, I think he's getting us there. What is the right choice? They often say giving money, especially around Christmas, isn't always the right thing to do. I, I don't know how to tell this story without sounding like... I'm just going to tell you the story. I was visiting family in Kelowna, which has a much milder winter than we have here in Edmonton. And I was running into a Walmart to run some quick errands, grab some groceries, and there was this young guy there. I would... Maybe, maybe 23. He had a little blanket around him, no gloves, and it was cold. It was cold for a Kelowna winter day. And I, I looked at him and it was almost like he was a ghost. You know, people don't want to don't make eye contact. So they're just walking straight by him. And I stopped and I stared at him to make sure that he was breathing. Like I took the time to look at him to make sure that he was still alive while other people were passing. And I just, I, I carried on through the store. I didn't say anything to him right away. And I got my groceries and then I went and I bought him gloves and a toque and a scarf and some really thick socks. And then I grabbed him a sandwich and some granola bars because I wanted to think of something that he could carry with him, something that wasn't going to go bad in the cold. And then I got him a $25 gift card. And I didn't just get him the gift card because my concern was he wouldn't get what, what he absolutely needed. And this way, if he wanted to go get food, if he didn't like the sandwich I chose for him, great. At least I got him the food. I wanted him to have something that was nutritious. And I wanted him to make sure that he was going to be warm enough. I didn't, I, I didn't know if I was furthering the problem. Did I do something wrong? So I came out. I bought him these things, had the card ready. And I said, my name is Kelsey. Can I hold your hand? Can I touch your hand? Like, I was just worried that he was already getting frostbite. And in my head, I'm like, is this crazy? And he told me his name and I held his, I, I, I touched his hand. And it was so cold. And I said, I've got you these gloves. I'd really like for you to put them on. Do you feel okay? Do you want me to call someone? And he just said, I just need to know, is it always this cold here? 
because he spent every last dollar he had to come from Winnipeg to Kelowna because he heard it was nothing but sunshine and rainbows and that he would be warm and everything would be okay once he got there, which I think is a huge misunderstanding in coming to Edmonton. I volunteered at Homeless Connects and... I, I get this chance to talk to these people that are on the streets or, or they're living in different supportive housing. And they said, I was just told out east that if you got to Edmonton, the roads were paved with gold and you would get a job and you would make $100,000 a year. So I came here and I'm still waiting for that big lottery ticket and it hasn't come. But anyway, his name was Aaron outside of the Walmart in Kelowna and... I, I didn't know if that was the right thing to do or not. I didn't call the police. I didn't call the homeless shelter. I told him where the more services were, and they were nowhere near him. But I just let him know. I gave him a schedule for the buses, and I felt like I did what I could do as a human. It wasn't my job to do that. I wasn't under obligation. And maybe I wouldn't change his mind about going to a place that's going to have more services. But I just felt like this... I couldn't, I couldn't walk away knowing that this kid might die. And that's it. Someone just said the afternoon show is supposed to be fun. Just a little bit of fun. We are having fun too, but I think it's also important to talk about these things. And I, I thought that was a really positive conversation. And I hope now when you see someone in distress, there's not that moment of maybe someone else will do it. You'll be the one to call. And karma is a beautiful thing and trust me you're going to get more out of that experience of calling 211 than the person who's even getting that support and who knows maybe they get way more out of it than you even know that's the day that they turn their whole life around because somebody cared okay now if you want to talk about fun do you want to see me fired up let's talk i just want to go back to some of the texts on the text line about overtime in the nfl i am new to the sport i really embraced it yesterday because of the championships And I was enthralled with the game. I was watching the Patriots. Of course, Tom Brady pulls it off. I think it's a rule. I don't know much about the refing, but I feel like it's got to be in favor of Brady. They protect him and go his way, just like we wish the refs would do for McDavid, stepping up for him a little bit more. Again, I do not come from a football knowledge. You can question me for sure, and you're probably more right than I am. But I imagine there's a little bit of a push to try to get the, the Pats into the Super Bowl. And off to the, to the Super Bowl, they do go. 4.30 is kickoff on Sunday, February 3rd. They're facing the LA Rams. Again, the biggest quarterback spread age gap that we'll have ever seen with Tom Brady, 41, Jared Goff, the QB for Los Angeles, 24 years old, 17 years, 72 days between them on February 3rd. That's the case. Okay, but overtime. So you work your butts off to tie up the game in regular play. You go to overtime. You say heads. It falls heads. You win the game. This is what I've learned to understand. But I'm surprised the real fans out there are, are not actually all that bothered by it. This text from out of Vermillion says, I have no problem with their overtime. You lose the coin toss. The onus is on the defender to stop them. Boom, that's it. And that's what LA did. I just think if you can drive it right away, you find the sideline, you're ripping down it, you score your touchdown, game over, no one touched you. The other team showed up for no reason. Don't know why they worked that hard through the entire game. Waste of time for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I think anyway. And to clarify, because getting a lot of conversations when I was setting up the future of 630 Ched, Campbell and Campbell take on the world. Dave Campbell, 
who is our, one of our intrepid producers for Inside Sports. He's the color analyst for the Edmonton Eskimos. He, uh, we share the same last name, but nothing else. No relation there. But we do have a really cute moment every single day when he comes in. I'm always in before him. He walks in. I always say, good morning, Mr. Campbell. And he says, good morning, Mrs. Campbell. And it's just delightful. And I can't imagine my day not starting that way every day. Another thing, just quickly to recap, and then I really want you, I want to hear from you guys. Your worst disaster trip ever, flight cancellations, engines dropping out of the bottom of planes, having to sit in airports, get put up in hotels. Do want to talk a little bit about some of the feedback that we got about stress and burnout. First, Chris from St. Paul has called in. Chris, what's your story? Chris, are you there? Hello? Yeah, yeah, just got here. Hi, um, yeah, we're just sort of chiming in on uh, on the... You know what? Uh, I wouldn't say I lived a privileged life, but, you know, I've been in, I've been employed since I've been 17 years old. I don't think I've, I've had a week of unemployment. But, you know what? My, my wife had a surgery um, in Edmonton a while ago, and we had, I wouldn't say the privilege, but the experience of being neck in a stall with next to two people with interesting stories they were both opiate addicts one girl was outside the hospital and you know i i feel bad for myself because you know what i uh, i i sort of was was looking at her in the parking lot sort of doing i wouldn't say the albertan thing but you know what soaking in my privilege i guess and watching this girl pace back and forth obviously needing a fix and then incidentally we ended up in the same room as her being separated by a sheet she had a meltdown over the fact that the doctor wouldn't give her any opiates. Well, we got to hear her life story of how she was from down east, was a successful university student, got into a car accident, and was subscribed opiates. And 20 years later, or give or take 20 years later, um, there she is, almost on the street, still addicted to opiates. Um, and this happened when she was 18, 19 years old. Um, I sort of just sort of challenge challenge people the the feeling that you will get from helping an, uh, another person goes beyond um what you can do for yourself a lot of the time so i'm sort of challenging people do the selfish thing and give yourself a good feeling next time that guy taps on your window beside you to ask for change why don't you walk him inside the store and get him something and you know the feeling that you'll get from that you'll remember for years and years and years it'll be better than buying yourself a crappy old t-shirt or a pair of pants um you'll you'll remember that experience and the look in that guy's face or that woman's face for years and years opposed to the fact that you might throw away that t-shirt or that pair of pants you just bought yourself a year later um so just remember that people always have different stories and look at your own kids and look at your own kids and sort of see where they're at and figured that person in that emergency room could have been one of your kids with with the story that that they had very little control of their lives thank you chris this was an exceptional call thank you for calling in thank you take care that's chris from st paul kelsey campbell in for jaylen nye and andrew gross just a minute here and i want to give it all to dawn from st paul st paul has some really engaged listeners. Thank you, Chris, again, for calling in. Don, what's your story? What's your take? It's too cold out, but we have to listen to the radio. No, we should stop creating homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, uh, every, every system that we have, I've helped out so many homeless people over the years. 
I, I always promise myself I'm not going to do it anymore, but I still do. But because um, it gets me in trouble, because then you, because you hang around with them, they might have a criminal background or something. Then the police come after you, and then they're stopping you all the time. You can't drive around blocks without getting checked and stuff. But but seriously, is uh, the problem is, is is when people fall through the cracks, you got to catch them. You should be trying to catch them before they actually get there. But housing, like, where's the housing? We spent $3 billion on the Phoenix pay system. We could have built, I was listening to the financial show, he said we could build housing for these people across across Canada with the money that was spent on the correcting a, a faulty system that we purchased in the first place. And I just, I just, I see it all the time, and, and they can't get any assistance anywhere. Like, so many times I've, I've helped people out, they move to the city, they, they're trying to look for a job, they can't find one, I'm giving them a place to stay, I'm giving them food. And they can't get nothing from the government. And it's like we give all these taxes to the government and they fly all over the place, but we don't have any money for the people that live here. It's, it's just crazy is what it is. Don, what do you do that has connected you with this community? Are you are you a part of the homeless community in volunteering or working with them, or you're just a, a human that reaches out? I'm just a human that reaches out, I guess, basically what it is. It, I try to, I, I see, I, I guess because I came from a farm background, so... You, you look at your cow herd every day or your sheep and every day, and you always look for the, the ones that are having the problem to, to get it done before it becomes a bigger problem. Like you can see, oh, they're limping or they're not feeling well or they're crouched over or whatever the case may be, and then you go and try to see if you can help them out. So, But the problem is, is the system is not geared to helping out people. I could, I could give you 20 people right now that could use help tomorrow, but this, unless you fall into the specific rules of the system, it just doesn't work. I've seen well, it over... Again. Just by having this conversation, we're taking steps in the right direction. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Don. Have a great day. You too. Hey, humans helping humans. I know it's not light and fun. We'll make sure to get some real silliness in here. Um, but I, I'm feeling pretty jacked on what a powerful conversation this last half hour has proven to be and the kindness out there. Yvonne said, Chris nailed it, 100% agree, very healthy attitude. Teach this to your children. It's an easy thing to do. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.